Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of the Open Door Podcast. I am your boy, your host. I'm the one who lives in a pineapple under the sea, uh, Faison Myers, and I'm here with my fellow friends, brothers, and co-host. No intro, because I am the intro. Miles Miller. And it's your boy. (laughs) The greatest there ever was. The greatest there ever will be. The goat himself, Kevo. See, I liked it when you had the boring one because now you just start coming oh, out with falses. You, you, you yeah. can't win. You can't win with folks. You, you, yeah, you're right, especially with me because you went from boring to lying. Like, make your oh, mind. Fooling. Okay, I'm just saying, but that's that's needed here or there. It's provocative. It gets the people going. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Negroes yeah. in Paris. Negroes in Paris. Why, why well, are you Negroes in Paris? Because we was in Paris. That's <laughs> supposed to be the most thought-provoking answer ever in life, and it was like, nah, bare minimum. Yeah, he could have said so much. And said so little instead. Yeah. Just like I the BET what? Awards. Ooh, don't even don't even start talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right. I'm all right. Well, uh, Mr. Miller, it's your episode today, so I'm going to let you go ahead and take the reins and controls of what we're about to talk about, uh, especially with the warm-up question. So the warm-up question that was previ- uh, presented by Kevo, who is currently occupied by something right now. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> it was, would you rather have a friend group that is full of philosophers or full of preachers? And... I guess we kind of need to give some preference of people who don't understand what philosophers are. Philosophers are deep thinkers, critical thinkers, people who don't just take base answers as an answer. So they're really going to make you, you know, think of your morals of why did you choose that answer and, and, and dive deep into your moral compass. Now, I feel like at the same time, too, you got to do justice for the preachers too because i don't want everyone to think that it's if you grew up you know like southern baptist where you just have like those shouting preachers you may have like a a michael todd or a td jakes or a uh i'm forgetting more pastors a bishop ge patterson you know put come on now that's that's old school right there y'all don't know about that one right there but like same thing like that nature too. Like it's all different types of preachers from different denominations and maybe I guess different religions as well too. Just so yeah. you kind of get a, a insight on who would a, be a part of your friends. I got a question. Al, hey, Sharpton, a, Al Sharpton is a reverend, right? Reverend what? Al Sharpton. What church was he tied to? I don't know. The he Church a, of Al Sharpton's. <laughs> right. I'm sure he was. I'm, I'm saying, though, he was he was a reverend, but, like, nobody knows for what church. You don't have to be from a church. You could be a street preacher. Right. <laughs> preaching in the streets. Damn. Very cool. Fraud. <laughs> All right. Well, how about I, you I, call Al Sharpton and let him know that he's a fraud? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Right. I'm going I'm, to I'm, I'm I'm DM him. <laughs> All right, and you're gonna have half of the political action network at your front doorstep. <laughs> Don't Actually, call me. I think I think I would like to readjust the question. Okay, hold up. Would you rather have 
your friend groups as preachers or politicians. Oh, mm. preachers. Yeah. Really? Over politicians? Yes. Because at mm. least you know, mm, I would say at least you know what you're getting out of preaching. Some preachers are corrupt. Politicians. <laughs> what? What, what do you think a politician is? That's what I'm saying. That's what I said. I was about to say, at least you know what you're getting out of a preacher. Right, because I didn't I didn't get on my soapbox yet about what's been going on in politics lately. And I'm not gonna do it right now, at least, yeah. but you know, mm. the politics yeah. that we got right now. If, if we talk about the politics that we have currently, yeah, I mean the politics that we had since the 1700s. I'm not taking yeah. nobody. Yeah, all I was right? about to say they all corrupt in there. I got way. I got one friend in it, his name is Barack Obama, and that's it. So <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I could deal I can deal with some preachers because at the end of the day, I think it, you gotta understand with preachers though too. Some are very uh by the Bible, literal form and that nature, and then some are interpretations of what it's supposed to mean in current time. Like the Supreme Court should be doing with the Constitution. But that's neither here or there right now at that <laughs> point. Uh and so I think I can tolerate them more than I can tolerate politicians because politicians will make me want to pull my hair out. And then fight them for what they're saying because they're I think their biggest job is to persuade you to get them to what they want you to do for themselves. They want personal gain versus while like a preacher is more so spreading a message. It might not be the correct message or the correct, you know, interpretation of the message, but it's more so in, informal more than persuasive. Okay. I like that aspect. And I will say. Okay, so playing politician's advocate, right? You do have to also say, though, with a politician, we're just going to get straight to the point. Like, if we wanted to go out to eat or something, a preacher, you know, has to make his, his grounds of why we need to eat there, which means that he has to build up his case, get, get you clapping and be like, wow, yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. Politicians will be like, look, we're going here and this is why. Like, short. You got to think about the practical stuff. Like, yeah, y'all want to go out to a oh, concert. Oh yeah, like the every everyday the thing. everyday things. Like, come on, and politicians uh, can get you in some places that preachers can't. But yeah. I think like a politician at its most beneficial core is just supposed to be a speaker for, and has a platform to speak for the people who don't have that platform to speak. Right? You know, if you're a representative, you represent the people that you have in your district. So that's literally supposed to be your job. Okay, so, so so guess this. Guess what? Guess what? When you out eat with your friends and they got your order wrong, who gonna speak up first? The preacher gonna be like, look, forgive him in God's name. The politician right. gonna be like, ah, 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 <laughs> nah, my boy ain't ordered this. Yeah, you okay. <laughs> You're right. But I think that's so that won't happen every time though. Nah, right. Absolutely. So not. say you got like 10 restaurants, right? Mm -hmm. The politician may only do it for two restaurants. And those two restaurants might only be like a McDonald's and like a Wendy's, mm. right? And then the other eight restaurants are like Ruth Chris, you mm. know, five-star dining steakhouse and stuff like that. So he might, well, you know, I still, you know, did my job for you, but you did it at the wrong places at least. You had a 80% chance to get me a nice steak, but you gave me a quarter pounder and forgot the cheese. Mm. <laughs> but I also feel like with the preacher, you're going to be losing a lot more money versus with the politician. You're going to be getting a lot more free stuff. And, yeah. and he, just, just check me out. Right. With a preacher, let's say that you go to a concert, 
the preacher going to want to tip everybody. Oh, in God's name, like, here you go, my, my good brother, and things of that nature, which is good. Absolutely. Politician is going to look for them loopholes and be like, we just had a wait in line for two hours. I need front row tickets, VIP access, and all of that. Because politicians be lawyers. I mean, at the end of the day, both of them take money out the pockets of the people that they give um, that give to them. But <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, no, it don't it don't matter who it is. Okay, I give you ten. I'm supposed to get ten back, and I get a pat on the back instead. Like <laughs> just saying. All right, I, that's I'm funny. Just, I'm just speaking on what I've seen and what what's happening myself at the same time, man. So. Transitioning into our main topic for the night, which is uh, called how to win back our minds. And with that being said, we understand that the world is in chaos right now. Like there's so much going on. There's climate change. There's a recession. Well, we're not in a recession, but, you know, we're starting a recession and everything. And a lot of people in religious believe that this is the end times, that this is uh, the rapture, that this is what Revelations is talking about, and things of that nature. So with that being said, that this is a negative period coming up, how do you all think that we can win back our minds to shift and move into a positive light? And instead of only see the end of the world, we can focus on us all coming together as a community and changing the problems that we have and fixing it. I know that was a deep question, so we can break that up. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, I was about to say, it starts off by us doing, we have this thing in the army that we also use when I play football. It's called do your 111. I feel like each person has to do their particular job to make this world a better place before we try to all come together as one. We all have to fight our own battles, find that individual good in each person. Then we go up and join as a group. Because everybody has their own battles until we find that common ground to fight a common goal. Like me and Miles talked about before, what is something that we all can agree on as a human race? And like, that's the ultimate question at the end of the day. Like, where is that common ground so that we can fight and make the world a better place? So, but now my question to you is, when we are trying to find our individual happiness and things, won't that now create an aspect of selfishness that we can't come back from? And what I mean by that is like, let's think about it, right? Let's say my individual goal was to become as rich as possible. And if I'm doing that, I'm now putting labor laws and things of that nature so that people are working for cents on a dollar, but I'm getting rich. That's, that's my personal happiness. But now I done created a whole you know, butterfly effect of now poverty and you see where I'm getting at? Yeah, but at the same time, it's like if everybody, you know, if we're speaking in, the, if we put it in economical terms, like if everybody have a common goal that in turn turns it into like a communist society, because if everybody is going for the same thing, it's like everybody getting paid the same, everybody, because everybody is the same. So if you look at it like that, it's like, damn, we're fighting for this common goal, but at the same time, it's like, what are you actually getting out of your work yourself? If you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm following. I think... Go ahead, Fetty. So, you started off by saying everyone do their job, right? And then you yeah. went on to say that everyone has a common goal. I think doing your job and a common goal are two completely different things because a common goal 
it's a compromise to what you want to get done, right? Because mm-hmm. if everyone were to do what they want to do, no one would have what they want to have, right? Miles' mm-hmm. wish is to say, hey, I want to be a billionaire. My wish could be, I want to make sure no one has a billion dollars. So now that now offsets those two. It's, it's a hypothetical situation, Miles. Yeah. <laughs> Not my billion dollars. But it's, it now, you now offset two wishes that are supposed to be granted because that's what you want. And now it never happens. So now mm. because of that one scenario right then and there, that entire goal now becomes void for everybody else as well, too. But, but so, what I meant, but what I was going with it, uh, I was saying, like, if everybody do that individual part to make the world a better place instead of. No, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree. And I was, and, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, that's not the case. I, I agree with that input and that uh, perspective in it, because I would say the way that you win back your mind is you grab the things that you can tangibly change yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. Don't don't start off shooting for the stars when you haven't even made it past, you know, the first stratosphere of the atmosphere. Right. And so if you can't knock off that first domino, why worry about the fifth domino that's in line yet? And mm. so it's a it's a building block to get to where you want to be at. And so I think oh, that's really difficult to, you know, man, you know, hey, you know, hey, minus a <laughs> slap. Uh, but I think. That's where we mess up at. And I'm reading this book as well, too, that's really similar to the topic. It's like how to re- how to reclaim our focus. We have these very major goals in our head. And when we don't complete it, we feel like a failure. Mm. So, for example, if I said, hey, I want to lose five pounds in a month. If I only lose four pounds, I think I fail. But I still yeah. lost 80 percent of what I wanted to have as my goal. And so if I change my perspective from saying, hey, I went from being a 100% failure to saying I was only 20% short of my goal, you now change your perspective in your mind now to now have a more positive aspect in the goals that you have for life, which now reflects on everything else that you do in life as well, too, especially with uh, engaging with other people, because now your attitude is more positive and you're now being more of a beacon of light more than a shadow of darkness. And and I kind of want to even jump in there because that was beautifully well said, Fetty. If we and we need a sound effects, but we give you a round of applause. <laughs> um, and the shameless plug, go tap into one of our old episodes when we spoke on that topic, the New Year's yeah. resolution one, to be exact. Absolutely. <laughs> um, with that being said, though, like I think the focus is really key because I have deactivated my Instagram now for I couldn't even tell you but it provides like this ultimate focus of not I'm being distracted by scrolling, uh, scrolling on uh, Instagram, but more assess more. Why can I not talk? I'm just getting tongue tied right now. More so (laughs) basically it's helped me focus on me. You're not comparing yourself to other people and not even in the aspect of, Oh, this person's doing that, but it's when you see somebody taking a trip or when you see somebody buying something new, you kind of get in the back of your head like, well, maybe I need to do that. Or maybe this is something that would make me happy and things of that nature. But when you don't have those distractions in your life, you're just focused and you're laser focused. And mm-hmm. as my friends know, 21 Savage is one of my favorite artists. 21 Savage, in the end of one of his songs, he says, 
uh, having razor sharp focus is like a double edged sword, but having wisdom is like the scalpel. And I love that because you can have razor sharp focus, but if you don't have the wisdom to determine where your focus is leading you, you're really just focused going the wrong way or you're, yeah, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So how, how can we get people to be focused on the right thing? That it's so hard because I think there's so much in life that if I were to tell you, hey, Miles, hey, Kevin, I want you to focus on one thing for eight hours. You can't do nothing else besides focus on that one thing. You might just go crazy because when you think about it, even with me at work, I'll start an email and then I'll think about something. I'll Google or something. I'll Google it real quick. And then that Google in turns into clicking the links. And the next thing you know, I spent 15 minutes just because I thought about something and I never finished that email. But my sole objective was to focus on that one task at hand. But because I couldn't do so, I'm now starting to venture off into various thoughts. And so when we ask about, you know, how can we get our mind back? You have to train yourself into that mental fortitude to say, hey, let me be devoted to one thing because that one thing is the only thing that is my objective at hand. That it, you, you know, what, what is, uh, you know, seek, what, what's the thing that Bob, seek, kill and destroy. Like, yeah, remember what they're saying, like that's your one thing that you wanna do is you wanna seek something, do whatever you wanna do. You have to sit there and focus and put your entire effort into that one process. Once yeah. you let your mind slip into something completely different, you now lose that retention that you have because I think the statistic is, uh, if you're thinking about something and your mind, you know, slips into something else, it takes you 25 minutes to get back to that focus. So that's 25 minutes now that you could have been spending on uh, obtaining the goal that you had in your mind, but now you're sitting there trying to recalibrate to what you want to get back to doing again. And so time is now of the essence, you know, of our, our time uh, <laughs> podcast episode. And so with that social construct, we now limiting ourselves to say, Hey, this is how much time I have to get what I want to be um, get done. But when we're over here thinking about so many other things, because we have laptops and iPads and phones and books and TVs and all these other materialistic things in front of us, TikTok, social media, all these other vices and things of that nature, we can't sit here and say, hey, I can truly sit here and read a book. Or I can truly sit here and, uh, you know, make an invention or make a business proposal and that'd be my only task at hand because our mind just start it's it's moving a mile you know one million miles per hour on a 15 mile an hour road and so we just get lost and submerged in the things that we don't need to get ourselves submerged into and it's like it's so many distractions going on in the world it's hard to stay focused like studies have shown like humans over time has naturally like decreased shorter attention span, especially with all the social media, like TikTok, even a TikTok algorithm has started to shorten their videos because they know people's attention spans have gotten shorter. They call it a seven second clickbait. Like if they get your attention for seven seconds, they push those videos out more and more because they know their attention span has shortened. And then it's like, just so much going on in the world. Like it's hard to like focus, it's hard because everything in the world just somehow finds its way to affect you no matter how focused you try to be or tunnel vision you try to be, in some shape or form, something in the world will affect you. So it's like, how do you go about, you know, navigating those 
obstacles and still staying focused. But that's where, um, after reading Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty, meditation actually really, really does help because humans are adapting creatures, which means we adapt. Like, that's what we're actually really, really good at is adapting quickly to new situations and things of that nature. Same way how you just said we've shortened our attention span because of TikTok. Well, if you introduce something like meditation to people, then that can help bring back the attention span and focus and things of that nature. Because sitting down doing nothing for 10 minutes, like I tried to do that the other day, has been the hardest thing I can yeah. do. And when I mean by just sitting down doing nothing, like you're not thinking about anything, you're not focused on anything, nothing is playing in the background. You're literally just sitting there bored for 10 minutes. And it's just hard, dude. And that's sad. And that's something I'm trying to work on because there's no reason that you should not be able to focus for 10 minutes without a stimulant. You know, I have a funny correlation to that, which I think I'm seeing it now, which y'all probably know because y'all watch anime, right? And so mm-hmm. the context to it is I'm watching Hunter Hunter. If you if you haven't seen his own Netflix, great anime, you know, you're starting out because I love it. But uh, you know how like they talk about like Nen and Ren and all those different types mm-hmm. of mental forms of power. You have to sit there and concentrate on one thing only. And so I think that we can correlate that and say if we take that, because that's the actual Chinese and uh, philosophy called uh, Chi. And mm-hmm. so with Chi, you're actually sitting there and saying, hey, if I put all my effort, time and passion into focusing on one thing in my body, I can now have the strength to do whatever I need to do outside of my body. And so if we can sit here and we can meditate, you know, it doesn't have to be the same for everybody. Some people can listen to music and sit there and relax. Some can do it in the middle of the night. Some have to do it early in the morning. All of our bodies are different, so you have to find your niche that works for you. But you have to actually put in the work. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen with just prayer. It doesn't happen with one YouTube video. If you actually tell your body and you focus on it and you do the job, it's not. It's, it's going to take a while probably because you have to. It has to be ingrained in your mind and your head that you have to do it. Then you start to real. You get. You start to see the change that you want to see. And so I think that change, that progress is what keeps people motivated to keep on doing something. Like if you go to the gym, if I'm going to the gym, you know, three days a week and I start to see that I get a low, low bicep there. Okay. Boom. All right. So I'm in the right path to get something done. And so the same way with your body, if you start to feed your body with the proper things that it needs to be fed with, you start to see the difference in the way that you walk, the way that you talk, the way that you think. And so that now gives you positive reinforcement to keep going on. And that's like I saw this TikTok that spoke on exactly what you just said. And it said, you are the result of what you did 90 days ago. And basically, if you want to change something, start now, because in 90 days, that's when you'll really see the, the change in the growth. And that's deep, because exactly what you were talking about with anime it's funny that everything has a similarity or uh, a key point. Like in Dragon Ball Z, it's like, you know, the spa- the Saiyan spirit and things of that nature, like their mm-hmm. fighting power. And like you said, in Hunter is Hunter is Nin, in uh, One Piece is hockey, Black people call it spirit. Like, oh man, he got, he got the spirit in him. Like, and even Eddie Griffin spoke on it. You can be five, six and 
have more spirit and willpower than a dude who's seven foot and have the spirit and willpower of a beetle. And that, that little dude is going to whoop your tail. You see what I'm saying? So it's all about mm-hmm. your focus and what are you really going to put your whole 110% effort behind and make it happen. And I like the, uh, I like both of you guys point. I like to shift the convo a little bit back to, um, uh, Miles, you had sent the video. I don't know, remember the title off the top of my head, but I had read a comment in it and it, it kind of like caught my attention. It said, we are in our emu phase as huma- humanity as a society. It caught my attention because, you know, when people are emu, you know, they're really emo. just going. Yeah, emo. Yeah, that. They're just emo going to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, same. Tomato, tomato. Uh, you know. Uh, people are just going through the phase and going through the motions and they're questioning everything like what is religion god and how is my correlation related to the universe and stuff like that and like that tiktok i sent miles like it was a couple months back and it was like the pisces phase we're awakening now and stuff like that and that's why it caught my attention because it made me go back to that because like we're in a awakening phase and like there's so much going on that's grabbing our attention you know everybody's questioning everything you know, back then, probably like our grandparents' age, it was all religion. Everything they had direction. It was straight from God, and that was the word. Now we're questioning, oh, why we have to do this and why we have to do that, and like they're just wondering, like, do you think this phase will transition into like back to that phase, or where do we go from here? That's a good question, and the transitioning aspect, or where do we go from here? I really think that we kind of go into a blend. And what I mean by blend is, and what we had talked about in the spirituality versus religion podcast is I think that there has to become a equilateral for us to sustain. And what I mean by that is religion is set on rules. Like you have to abide by these rules to achieve or get whatever the religion is preaching and talking about. And with spirituality, it follows more or less freedom and what feels right to you, how your questioning um, results and, and leads you to an answer and things of that nature. So I think that we need to find that perfect, I guess, level of where it's like, okay, these are the rules sets that we're all going to follow as a society, but we're also going to allow this amount of freedom for people to question society. Does that make sense? I know, yeah. I know I'm... Yeah, you make sense. I understand. And it's like, or, and it's like, as I kept reading the comments, because I went on a rabbit hole, and it was like, um, how, what is, they say it would take us 100 to 200 years to get out of this phase. And like, it said, the next phase is either, you know, end of the world, or we find a way to come together as one as humanity. Because some of those questions will never be answered. Like, why are we here? Or what, what, what is our purpose? And like, some of those questions will never be answered. So it's like, we have to transition into, you know, being content with life, you know? But I have to kind of interject right there. I feel mm-hmm. like the purpose of why we're here is to find your purpose, like. Oh, no, for, no, I, I know that. I'm saying like oh, the yeah, grand yeah. scheme of things. Oh, yeah. Like why God placed us specifically here, stuff like that. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like, it's so many planets out there, dude. I think mm-hmm. that one of the first barriers that I would like to break for everybody is the ego. Like everybody yeah. thinks that they are 
the biggest and the baddest, but in the grand retro scheme of things, we mean nothing. You are literally like I watched this video and it was like if we compare time to a one oh, yeah. calendar year, we're literally on December 31st in the last four hours. That's when the technology and human revolution and all that stuff happened. And today would literally be like the last second of that calendar year. So when you think about that and all the stuff that's out there and as many planets and all the people on the earth and things of that nature, bro, like you really don't mean that much. You see what I'm saying? So why not make your life purposeful and mean something to everybody around you versus just to you? Like that's, that's I, I, I agree with that. Cause you know, my, the, the tattoo I got is that the one minute poem and it's saying how if, the entire spectrum of life was only one minute. How are you going to fill your 60 seconds? And it's yeah. literally like, if you live a hundred years, you're still got 60 seconds. If you look for a hundred days, you still have 60 seconds. And so it's up to you to figure out how you're going to fulfill the unforgiven minute of whatever life has for you. But I, I was thinking as y'all were talking and, uh, to, to the people, the reason why we had this topic is this is an actual YouTube video. And so make sure that you look up, uh, we'll, we'll tag the YouTube video in the description. But it was talking about the difference between modern liberalism and um, traditional religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so with religion, the signs all point that this may be the end of times, right? Mm-hmm. But then, then when you look at it from a philosophical aspect they don't really talk about that and so i kind of want to ask y'all from both hats what do you think that this time period in life because you know there's always something that you can pinpoint as a milestone in each generation you know the world wars the industrial revolution uh the age of technology where are we at right now in life and how do you think historians will look at this moment into the future as they look back in time and say, hey, you know, the 2000s or the, the early 2010s and 20s were this right here. I, I honestly, I would think that it's going to be something in the history books that we look back at, or not we, because we might be long and gone, but that people might look back as like a Pompeii or a year 537 or like the collapse of the Roman Empire and things of that nature. When you read about it, it sounds horrible. Like it sounds like that was just the the end of the world for those people and things of that nature. But now that you look at it from such a wider scope, you understand that why stuff happened, like it only happened in this area and things of that nature. Because honestly, if we stopped and if we studied everything, you can find the root cause of why everything is happening in today's problem. It's nothing that is that is catastrophic, that we cannot change, or things of that nature. We can point why we're at where we're at in life, if that makes sense. And that's what you can do at Pompeii in the year 537 and the Roman Empire collapse and things of that nature. Studying it, you can find where they went wrong. And I think that's what people are going to do with us. So I like that, and I want to follow up with that because with Pompeii, I view it as the same thing. You put an actual uh, uh, historical moment in there. And I was just kind of viewing this as like a volcano, right? 
when you see a volcano, it's erupting, lava's flowing, it's pouring out. But at the end of the day, that lava makes now a new piece of land. And so in order for new land to be made, sometimes the old land has to be destroyed. And what we're seeing right now in culture and politics and society, the foundations that our parents and our grandparents and the generations before us have lived off of is currently starting to wither away. And the people who are in our positions, our generation, are starting to destroy it and rebuild it into what it may want to be from their own perspective. And so from the outside looking in, it looks like carnage. From the inside looking out, it looks like rebuilding. Well said. Yeah, definitely like that. We need a sound, sound bar. <laughs> next next uh, investment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. We, we'll, we'll do something soon. But, but I, I, I like that, Fetty. I like yeah. that a lot. And I like it because basically like what you said, like you have to tear down the old to build the new. And That's with that being said, like, if, yeah, if I could do a prediction of what's going to happen in the next hundred years, I don't think that we're going to have Republicans and Democrats anymore. I don't think that we're going to have the stock market anymore. I don't think that you're going to have all these, these hard fixed systems. Yeah. Constructs. I think that people are going to build new ways of going about it because they see that the old ways are now broken in the new society, if that makes sense. And I think people are always scared of the unknown. So people are always scared of what's coming next and fearful more than they are hopeful. And I think that we have to shift into a hopeful mindset so that we don't let the people who do have the true only knowledge have all the power. Because if they're the only people who are hopeful about the future, they will control the future because they actually know what's going to go on. Where if all of us are hopeful about the future, then it's like, oh, they have that technology. Well, I'm going to invest in it. Instead of me being speculative and fearful of it, I'm going to invest in it and things of that nature and actually do my do my knowledge and research. And you, you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah. yeah. I, so, I see that. You going for it? No, you got something to say, Kevin? Oh, yeah, yeah. See, uh, and to go back to y'all, um, you know, the fall of Rome, it, it wasn't like necessarily one event that like collapsed Rome. It was, uh, you know, a series of events that led to it. Just like what's going on now, it's a series of events that led to it. People think it's, oh, it's all of a sudden, it's just gonna be one thing. No, you need these series of events so that you can live through this. You can see, oh, this is why this happened and this led to this, you know, cause and effect. So you see these different events that's going on in the world. And you see where, oh, so next time, once this rebuild does happen, because there is gonna be a rebuild, there has to be a rebuild so that, you know, we can grow and be a better society. Now, I think we're rebuilding now. And I think it's crazy to think about it too in a, like another analogy form, let's take an old ship, right? Mm -hmm. This old ship is beaten, you can't use it no more. That old ship is what this life used to be. But we see that there's still some good pieces of wood left on that old ship that we can use to the new ship. So mm -hmm. as that old ship is tearing down and all of these, you know, milestones, sad things, the things that are making us see that, oh man, you know, this is the end of time, it's coming soon. Some of those things are going on to the new ship, which we're still taking because it's like, hey, not everything that has happened was completely bad, 
but we understand that there needs to be a change in the foundation or within the actual frame of the ship itself. But let's take something from the stern or the bow or whatever the other terminologies of the boat may be, and let's keep that on the new boat because that kept it going for as long as it could, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, hey, if I understand that point right there, that even though the fall of Rome or the world wars or the, the monopolizing of businesses and corporations are coming around, a lot of that stuff was not good. But a lot of those things, too, also had good points to it that we can still take on and carry on with it. And so I think that's because everything comes with a lesson. And so if you see everything comes with a lesson, good, bad or ugly, you take those knowledge and you pass it down. Right, writing it down, podcast stories, you know, so forth on. And so if we see that, we'll look a hundred years down the line. Some of the things that we see probably was going on 300 years before it even happened because it's it still works, right? You know, democracy still works somewhat. You know, they still take the, the actual foundation of what democracy is and they're going to keep on going with that. But they just not, might not have the two-party system no more, or they might need to change up certain positions. But saying that everyone has a seat at the table is still going to be agreed upon the masses, which is still being carried on since 1776. We're like 254 years past that now, and we're still keeping that tradition and that ideology alive. So once we realize that even in the midst of turmoil, some good does come out, then we start to realize then too, maybe, just maybe, us as a people or you as a person can still do some good in life. Yeah. And in the in the midst of bad is when some of the greatest things happen. Like that's when some of the greatest inventions form or things of that nature. Like until it rained, when did you really think that you needed a house? Or when did you really think that you needed some type of shelter from you know the elements? Because before then you could just sleep outside. So something bad had to have happened for then you then to have created an invention that then helped so many more people. And if this is us going through the bad so that we can create something good, then I said that we try to create something good that we will help our generations way after us. And I think, so even like Francis Scott Key, who, who wrote the national anthem for the United States, he wrote that in the middle of a, a battle. He was in the ship at the bottom of the boat. And it was yeah. literally bombs bursting in the air, which is from the words <laughs> of the actual of the anthem. And so now y'all say that and sing that at all the sports fields. I keep my mouth hushed because I got the Negro National Anthem named Little Third Voice and Sing. But you know, that's, you know, by Weldon B. Johnson, it's right. So, but that's another example of saying when hell comes through, you can still see some type of light that keeps you grounded and keeps you molded. And that's that's your anchor. And so I think that's kind of a good point to say, no matter if you're more spiritual or, you know, you're more philosophical, which is another podcast episode that we've done, you have to still find your anchor. What are you going to be grounded into that's going to keep you going, even in the midst of all hell breaking loose and the ground starts to shake and, you know, you don't know what you're going to do. But if you have something that is of substance, something that can keep you going, even when everything hits the fan and everything is not good, can you still rely on that or them? And if you can, I think we're going to be good in life. I think people are learning, though, you can't always rely on what other people rely on because it doesn't have the yeah. same effect as it does for them. 
Yeah. And and I just want to end my my ranting segment with a quote. And the quote says, you can dance in the rain or you can sulk in the rain. It's going to rain regardless. And so with that being said, look, whatever is going to happen is going to happen. You can either be happy about it and make the most out of it and enjoy your life and live in, in heaven on earth, or you can complain about it the whole time and fuss and live in a hell on earth. It's your choice. Like we say in the army, embrace the suck. It's going to suck anyways. Y'all know my famous quote. I'm going to say it because that's going to be my, my <laughs> that's going to be my last part. Uh, the, the, the philosopher Kavor is blind, bad Osborne always told us uh, nobody cares, work harder. OK, so yes, sir. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to end it off with that. OK, uh, I think that was that that's short and sweet to the point. But mm-hmm. before we get to our cozy moments, right, I have a rant that I have to make. Okay. Go get it off your chest. All right. Get all right. Y'all know how I get, man. So uh, if you have not been watching the news, watch the damn news. That's the first thing. Secondly, uh, I just want to say on behalf of everybody here at Cozy Times and the Open Door Podcast, we stand with every single woman, with everybody, especially with the abortion rights um, case with Roe v. Wade that has happened and has been overturned by our very skewed misuninformed old and needs to get the hell out of their Supreme court. Uh, and so what I want to first, you know, what, right. What I'm gonna do, like I do all the times, I'm gonna name these names because I want y'all to know who the hell these people are. Right. We got Amy Coney Barrett who lied on oath to say that she was not going to overturn Roe v. Wade. Samuel mm-hmm. Alto Jr. Who's supposed to be leaving in freaking two weeks. Cause he is stepping down. So Kataji Brown Jackson can be the first black woman Supreme Court justice, but he had to make sure that he can do one more bad thing before he leave. Brett Kavanaugh, who has been drunk and has literally raped women and still is has the highest uh, position as a judge in this land, Neil Gorsuch and the Uncle Ruckus himself, Clarence Thomas. So I say these names because I need y'all to know who is causing the damage that we do not want to see. Can I tell you how we're going to get past this? I really don't know. Because as Americans, we can't vote Supreme Court justices in. They don't have an age limit. They don't have a term limit. Their term is for life. Either they die or they step down. And nine times out of ten, they die in office. So with that being said, all I can ask y'all to do is pray for this country, pray for everybody else, keep each other grounded, keep each other secure, because it's hard to sail out here. Okay. And as for three men on this podcast, talking to the woman, letting them know that we are here for you. We're going to do everything in our power that we can do, but that power is looking really short right now. And so we're going to find everything possible. We can make cozy times a nation like we did in the last episode that we had. We're going to try it because, you know, it's your body. It's your choice. I should, as a man, should not be able to tell you what you can and cannot do as a woman. Hello. that is my rant. I just had to say that. I knew I was ready for this episode. I don't care what we was going to talk about. I was going to say that shit right there. So, Amen. Okay. Amen. All right. And it's also funny how not a single one of them can have children, but yet they're making laws about having children. Uh, yeah. Like, well, you, well, see, Amy, Amy was the only woman. You know, this is the other crazy thing, too, right? There is uh, the Chief Justice John G. Roberts Jr. He is the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. He's a Republican. He voted to uphold Roe v. Wade. So I say that to say, 
I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, Green Party, Blue Party, One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish. Please look at these people <laughs> and see what they're talking about. Because there's also good people on both sides of the aisle who are understands that human rights still has to be humane. Okay. Amen. You, say, say, right. say that line again. All right. Humane rights is well, I forgot what I said, damn it. Rewind human it rights still have to be humane. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, man. So I don't care you're black, okay? Clarence Thomas, he don't speak for us, okay? He is Uncle Ruckus in the boondocks. We don't like him. I don't care if he liked me or not, okay? He's, he's, guy, right? he's, he's trying to end same-sex marriage, but at the end of the day, he, he's married to a white woman, so he doesn't want to end interracial, uh, interracial marriages. Let's talk about that. Hmm, okay, then. I'm just saying. All right, but that this podcast episode ain't about about that. I just want to share light on that because we have this platform that we've been so blessed with, and I'm going to make sure that we're going to speak about the things that we may not be able to control uh, physically, but we're going to talk about it through our words. And so, to uh, those those five, uh, fuck y'all. Okay, I don't care. <laughs> Literally. Hey, hell is hot. That's all I got to say. <laughs> hell is hot. You better grab a fan. Okay. But let's end off on a positive note, as always. Let's get to our cozy moments. Um, who got it first? I go first. Today I got to uh, see my old wrestling coach. I ain't seen him in about Yo, three what? Years. Wrestling. 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 My, <laughs> my old wrestling coach, man. I ain't seen him in about three years, man. He took me on a run today. Damn near killed me, bro. I'm three and a half miles are no joke. Mm. That was my cozy moment, man. It was fun seeing the guys. Man, three and a half run. I, I salute you for that, man. <laughs> Shoot. I need to get back to it. My cozy <laughs> moment, uh, I got to hang out with my mentor. And we went to this food, or one of my mentors, I'm sorry. Uh, we went to this food spot called Founding Farmers. And that junk was slapping, man. I mean... We had this donut and chicken combination. And he was like, have you ever bit the donut and the chicken at the same time? And I was like, what in the diabetes are you talking about? But I, listen, listen, <laughs> listen. I did that joke. Oh, my God. They For can't like, <laughs> hey, y'all need to go try it if they do. You need to go, need to go drink some water. That's what you need. Oh, I'll be going to the doctor tomorrow. <laughs> oh man! Well, I have a uh, a big announcement that Miles R. Campbell has not even heard yet, so this is their first time hearing it too. Um, this past Saturday, I was raised, and I am now officially a Freemason of the Prince Hall uh, fraternity, and so I am now wow. a Freemason. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah appreciate it. Yeah, man. Right. So. This is why we need a sound effect board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so. <laughs> uh milestone day for me uh thankful for you know everyone that helped me with that process and you know just getting started with that so i i, I was excited to say that because i know i haven't told none of y'all yes so i wanted to see yeah. y'all facial uh, Nobody when i said that nothing I yeah what yeah that is so, hard yeah but uh nevertheless people we uh enjoy uh, doing this, we enjoy talking about these topics. Uh, we want to make sure that we start the conversation, but not end it. We want to make sure that you keep it going. So I, as I say, every episode, I feel like it's now scripted now. Make sure that you share it with somebody. Make sure that you watch the YouTube video that we'll put in the description. Let us know what y'all think about it. Good, bad, the ugly. We got some tough skin. Maybe not, Kevin, but it'll be all right. Uh, 
<laughs> uh, it, it, you know, just keep on being great. Keep on doing what you're doing. We're proud of you. We're rooting for you. And, you know, we always got your back. And so from the Open Door Podcast and Cozy Times, we always say be blessed. Don't stress. Stay cozy.